Welcome to another edition of Who's Better Baseball, the podcast where we answer a simple question on each show. Who's better at baseball? I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein, managing editor at JustBaseball.com. Got one of our writers here, Elijah Evans. A really awesome piece that just went out talking about pre-arb extensions. I'll take a little bit of credit. It was my idea, but Elijah did all the work for me on this one. And you know, answer the question this week of who's better. It's what team is getting the best value on these deals. And so we're going to rip right through the last two years. There's been 15 pre-arb extensions. We'll start you off right at number 15. The least valuable pre-arb deal, Miles Straw. Yeah. It's uh, not yeah. much to say on Straw. It, it feels harsh, you know, because $25 million over five years isn't a ton. It's only $5 million a year. But Miles Straw is one of the worst hitters in baseball. At the end of the day, I mean, he, he's a good center fielder. He plays like he does a good job out there. Cleveland likes him. Um, I mean, he's he's bottom of their order, but he's got speed and he plays defense. But end of the day, like, it's just not a guy you should be extending for five years. There's When you're looking at a pre-arb deal, you're looking at guys that you can get better value on than what you'd be paying in arbitration. And there's no way Miles Straw is making more than $5 million a year in arbitration based on how yeah. he's played in the last two years. Exactly. It's, it's, some guys just ride out the system that's going to manipulate against the players, particularly the ones that aren't going to, you know, make a ton in arbitration. Uh, get to Aaron Ashby. A uh, similar thing, maybe trying to jump out a little bit early, five years, 20.5 million. Uh, probably not much we can say there, but, you know, injuries have been the big problem yeah. with Ashby. Yeah, it's just, it's just a health thing with Ashby. I, I honestly do like him. I, I, when he pitched last year at times, you know, I thought, you know, this could be a guy that could be really solid for the Brewers. He was more of a swing man last year. Um, he can be good in the pen. He could be a, you know, a four or five starter for them. I think he could easily make this value on this deal look good in two years from now. But as of now, you just can't really, it's hard to judge given that he's been hurt. Well, now we get to two big money deals, uh, you know, relative to a pre-arb extension. Under some medicine can Brian Hayes, where we can have, an interesting discussion on where we put them. I definitely agree as Jimenez being uh, a worse contract, eight years, 106.5 million. Hayes is eight years, 70 million. So there's the the money there, but it's also two guys that right now are really only drawing their value from the defensive side. And as much as Jimenez was a gold glove, second baseman having the, even though he hasn't, I think Arenado has still taken all of, of the awards from Hayes, right. At, up to this point. But yeah. at, at some some point in time, they got to look at the metrics and realize that Cabrian Hayes is the best defensive third baseman in baseball right now. That that's a big statement there, considering some of the other third basemen. But uh, you're not wrong. I mean, there, there's a real argument to be made there. I think uh, first of all, I mean, last year you look at the value of of Jimenez, and he was great on offense. I mean, he he yeah. showed more last year on offense than Hayes has at all in his career so far. But then this year he struggled a lot, and you know, a lot of this contract ranking is based on since they've signed the contract and Jimenez signed it this past off season. So this is his first year in this, in this eight year deal getting paid a lot more money than he was originally. And his offense has not been there. Like it was last year. He, he just has not been the same player at the plate that he was last year for Cleveland. And you look at Hayes who has been slightly better with the bat. He hasn't been great, but he's, he's shown some signs, especially the last few weeks, actually, he started to pick it up even more. Um, and the bat is getting a little better. And like you said, he's, he's a gold glove caliber third baseman. And that, that already provides, value and he's coming at a more affordable rate than Jimenez right now yeah you know I, I wrote a whole article on Andres Jimenez and honestly if you put this contract 15th I wouldn't have been mad at you because uh you know look Jimenez was great last year every chance he returns to it, but his numbers are, are too scarily close to what he did in 2021 where he got demoted and really struggled 
He's literally hitting the baseball softer than anyone in the game right now. And that contract gets pretty scary in the fact that, you know, he's pretty much getting paid in the early parts of the deal, what he would have got paid in the arbitration system. But then they bought out like three years of free agency at $23 million per. And and I have no idea if he's ever going to, I mean, last year certainly was a $23 million player, but I don't think you had to make that decision now. And, And maybe they thought that, Jimenez was, you know, here's the guy they got for Francisco Lindor and Lindor, you know, left, you know, they had to trade him because they couldn't pay him. Maybe they got a little bit concerned that, hey, you know, this is the guy that pairs with with Jose Ramirez. Let's lock him in at an affordable rate. But if he's even his career norms, he's not going to be worth that contract. And his career norms are ballooned by one incredible season last year. Where he he hit into a lot of good batted ball luck too. I mean he yeah his, his BABIP was like three fifty, um, which yeah. will happen due to his speed. But it's I, I'd be I'd be very nervous nervous if I was a Guardians fan on that contract right now. Yeah, it's it's definitely a little scary. And I think like we had talked about before, I think part of it is also you have to factor in the team and the market and the style of spending. And with Cleveland, like that's not a team that spends money a lot, right? Cleveland's a homegrown talent team. That's how they roll. They still spend here and there. And obviously they've spent on Jose Ramirez and, you know, Shane Bieber and whoever else it's been over the last you know decade, but they're not a team that's going to spend a ton. So when you're looking at a team like Cleveland, whose payroll is never amongst the highest paying $23 million a year for a player that, might be average, maybe. I mean, he there sure he might have a year where he gets back more towards last year where it's a little better, but I I, I don't know if he's ever gonna top what he did last year. So if you're assuming he's worse than last year and you're a small market team paying $23 million a year for that, it's a really scary position to be in. And you know, I think that's why I think it wasn't that hard for me to rank K's above him, honestly, because it's a it's a cheaper deal. It's gold glove defense, and it's not like they've been that different offensively this year. Yeah, no, and and honestly, even with just like the batted ball profile, like I could see it clicking for Hayes. Yeah, um, like you said, if he launches a little bit more with Jimenez, I mean, he's he's a guy that has really good you know instincts. He, he's got a really high IQ, and he's a guy that um you know he he could still be a, a, a solid you know Gold Glove second baseman for them and, and and a nice table setter, but. I'd be nervous, particularly because he doesn't walk. But I don't want to spend the whole time on Jimenez. Yeah. Let's move down this list. Garrett Whitlock, four years, eighteen point seven five million. Um, what do you think about this contract? I, I honestly think this is solid. Um, this is kind of a place where it comes into like how much value you're getting and the positional value too. I mean, Whitlock's been kind of this in between starter reliever thing last year, um, and then this year he they seem like they want to make him a starter. I think Whitlock has shown the ability to be. Uh, fully capable and he's he's had signs of you know he had some bad luck last year I think he had better expected stats with his FIP and his XERA and stuff last year than he did with his actual numbers so I think he has the potential to be better than he's been so far this year he's gotten off to a bit of a shaky start uh, started the season hurt and has been a little bit rough um, in a few of his games so far but has has shown the signs of a, of a competent pitcher and you know it's only it's only it's under 20 million dollars so it's not a huge contract I think you could get back of the rotation solid innings from Whitlock and you'd be happy with that at that contract. I, I don't think there's uh, nothing to complain about, but it's also maybe a guy you could have waited a year or two on, uh, given that he hadn't necessarily shown a ton. Uh, but I, I don't I don't hate the deal in general. Yeah, it's it, 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 kind of the next one falls right in line with that. It's just deals yeah. where they bought out the arbitration. They didn't really have to, but they did, and they did it on affordable rates. And that's Trevor Steven, uh, four years, 10 million. Good reliever. 
Ten million dollars yeah. four years. There's really not much we can right. we could we could really say there. I, I don't think we have to spend too much time on them. The next one's more interesting. You got Kbert Ruiz, uh, eight years, fifty million. Uh, you know, it seems like maybe he's uh, you know uh, at least a decent defensive catcher. You got eight years. Not a bad number though. It's kind of a cheap yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not that bad. I, I don't hate it. I think. We haven't quite seen from Kieber what we were hoping to on the offensive side when he was coming up with the Dodgers, when he was traded. I mean, I think there was a lot of hype around him being, you know, a really well-disciplined at the plate and consistent, makes a lot of contact, doesn't strike out a lot. And he's shown that, but we're still not quite getting that next level of consistent line drives, elevating the ball. And we've seen a little bit more of it this year. Um, He hasn't been great at the plate, but again, $50 million, eight years, I mean, it's like a little over six million a year. It's really not. It's not a bad situation for a guy who you know is going to be a stable catcher behind the plate. He's proven to be quality defensive. He's got offensive upside. Um, and again, cat, cat, finding a catcher that is like behind the plate and consistent. I mean, you know, this is a Mets fan. I know this is a White Sox fan. It, it's hard. It's it's it is not easy to find a stable defensive catcher with some amount of offensive upside. And I don't know if Ruiz is going to be a guy who can reach that, you know, Will Smith, Sean Murphy level catching or at the, like in on the offensive side of the plate. Like I don't, I'm, I think he's always had a lot of offensive potential. I don't know if he's ever going to be an elite offensive catcher, but you really don't need to be an elite offensive catcher at that value. I think the value they're getting for him, it's, it's, it's quality value. I think you're, it's not, it's a bit risky. I think there's a chance that he really doesn't elevate offensively at all. And he ends up just being a below average bat. But even even a below average bat that can catch really well is is not bad at that value. No, it's not. And I think up to this point in the list, like it, it's not a contract I'm worried about. You know, where it's right. like I could make an argument that like Cabrian Hayes could slide all the way up to this spot, this slot. Um, For sure. At the same time, though, if the bat continues to to not get there and, and it falls off even worse, which is still a possibility. Like you said, you know, comparing market to contract and and the where he's playing, that could get to be a little bit more of a scary deal where there's there's less risk in the dollar amount here. Um, right. We get to some elite relievers here where it's like their contracts are great. It's just the fact that they're relievers that they end up where they do on this list. Andres Munoz, uh, four years, seven point five million. We got him eighth, and I want to combine him here with Emmanuel Class A, twenty million, a little more money, uh, but five years. Good deals for great pitchers. Yeah. I mean, these two are phenomenal. There's really not much more you can say. Munoz, the only reason I, I had Class A even at a more expensive value is he's a closer and he's one of the top three closers in baseball. Uh, Munoz could be a closer. He definitely could be a closer with the stuff he has. He's been more of the setup man for uh, Seawald in Seattle the last two years. But, you know, these are both excellent deals. I, if they, you know, it, it, it's hard to rank them higher. I think if you're purely looking at nothing, if you're, if you're ignoring positional value and looking at the money you're getting for the quality of player in comparison to the average player at their position, I think both of these two could easily be top three on this list. If you think of it that way, it's just that the six players above them just have so much more potential impact on the team than a relief pitcher. But these are, these are excellent deals. They did the right thing, locked them up early. There's you might not have needed to for the first year or two of both of these guys arbitration, right? Like I don't think they're getting a ton, but I mean, honestly, they, they both probably would get more than their average salary in these contracts um, in arbitration, given that they've both been the top of their class as setup men and closer. Um, so I think they're, they're excellent deals. They're both two of the best relievers in the game. It's all it's about as much as you can say. Yeah. And, and like you said, it, it just comes down to the value 
um, with these next six players where they can be, you know, all-star contributors at, you know, premium positions, Yeah, which is where we get to Michael Harris, because you can make the case that Michael Harris is going through a similar season as Andres Jimenez. He has not swung the bat well at all. At the same time, uh, I think we just see the potential there for Harris, and it's a better contract. I mean, I know Jimenez was was an all-star, and he was on the team the whole year, but thinking of where you were in relation to arbitration and the fact that they got Harris in Atlanta for $72 million over eight years, where literally, even if he hits like this, he'll be like gold glove center fielder, not getting paid you know, on average more than $10 million a season. It's yeah. even though the, the offense has been bad this year, and that's why he doesn't crack our type five, where last year he, he would have. It, it's such a cheap deal. And, and he's younger than Jimenez, too. Yeah. So that's, I mean, you factor that he's two years younger than Jimenez. It's a way cheaper deal. It's about the same deal as Brian Hayes. And he was the rookie of the year last year and is, I mean, again, it's, it, there's so, there's such a high level of expectation for him that it's it. I am confident putting him this high, even with his struggle to start the season. He's got great speed. He's at a gold glove caliber center fielder last year. He's, he's going to be good in the field. He's again, it's a premium position. He's 22 years old. So this contract only takes him through his age 30 season. So he's got plenty. I mean, that's, that's not even, he could still have prime years after that. Right. So you're getting him for all of his twenties, which is just, excellent value and he's already started turning around i mean i think I, I it was just a matter of when in my opinion i know like his batting average being under 200 right now people are like wow he's really struggling and he has since may 26 i have this is these stats are as of two days ago when the article published but you know since may 26th he had a, he already had a wrc plus of 111 ops was almost at 800 um compared in the last few weeks compared to his you know under 600 ops throughout the season this year so he's already getting there and again this contract isn't no matter what this contract isn't financially destroying the Braves. Like there's, there's no world where this contract harms them significantly. I think there's a world where he's more of an average hitter with elite defense and elite speed, which is still not bad value for $9 million a year on average. But I also think he's better than that. And will get back to being more like he was last year because he's, he's just incredibly talented. And I I refuse to believe that he's just going to fall way down this list at any time soon, honestly. I think it's way more likely that he ends up at the top of this list. You know what I mean? Than than at the bottom, like there's, there's that chance that he's the guy who was last year. And if he's the guy who was last year over, you know, even six of these eight years, the value they are getting is insane because when we get to the top four, um, you start to get some big, big money. Uh, Number five, (laughs) I I know when we were kind of prepping the article, I I wanted you to include Hunter green in the top five um, because Starting pitcher, who I think has what well, we know has all the potential in the world, and the contract really good, especially for this team in this market. Right, six years, fifty three million for a guy that could be your ace, or if not, maybe they find that ace out there. They could have had Luis Castillo be their ace still, mm-hmm. but a guy that you know, if nothing else, is going to be at that dollar amount a number three, and we know the upside's there to be better. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. That's the that's the right way to look at it because it's he right now he might not be better than Michael Harris was last year. He hasn't gotten to that point at any point where you say, you know, he's been better than Michael Harris. But I think 
Green got a little unlucky last year, actually. He should have been even better. I mean, he had 12.77 Ks per nine, which for a starter is insane. We know his stuff is ridiculous. He's going to continue to rack up strikeouts. He's getting better and better with his pitchability, his location. It, you're seeing it improve year by year. And like you said, for, for the situation that Cincinnati's in, this value is perfect for them. They have a ton of young hitters. I mean, you look at their system right now. They're bringing up they're bringing up a guy every other week who's just, just raking. And I mean, McLean and and Ellie, of course, and then Steer has been amazing this year. CES is on the way. Like their their hitting system is excellent right now. The future of their offense is there. The pitching is where it becomes a concern. Lodolo's been hurt. Ashcraft's having a down year. The only guy that's been really great for them this year that is part of their future. I mean, Andrew Abbott just came up, so give credit to him. He's a top prospect. He's going to be really good. But the only consistent factor all season this year in the rotation has been Hunter Green. And you you look at him and you say, like you said, the value for that team, given the amount of young hitting they have, locking up a guy who is going to be a top three guy in your rotation for the next six years at that value is an excellent deal for the situation that Cincinnati's in. Especially because he's a guy that I could see putting up the type of stats that would really do well in arbitration anyway. So, you know, if he's a guy that would have got to arbitration and made, you know, whatever it is, let's just say it's $40 million across arbitration years, you know, you've gotten more value. I I imagine they they picked up a year of the free agency. So uh, it's two years, I think two years. So even better, even better. So, Uh, that that's a really nice contract now we get to you know top 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 end talent julio rodriguez falls at number four on this list uh tough to decide between these names when when everyone kind of don't jump and say why is j-rod here for one little bit of a slow start to this year but i don't think we're we're really phased by that it's a big contract though 12 years 209 million it's not like he got a small pre-arb deal it's a pretty pretty hefty deal that has a lot of escalators that can make it very, very lucrative. What I was going to say that that's the, the 209 million is like the generic, what they report as the deal, but there is a lot more complexity to this deal. This deal could be something that J-Rod opts out of. So there's risk there with this, with Seattle. I believe it's after five years that he has an opt out. So he has an opt out, which could be really harmful for Seattle if he continues to progress in the direction he was last year. But then also, if he is great, which he also most likely will be great, I, I'm really, as you said, I'm not buying stock in his slow start this year. His his data is still great. He, he's going to be good. He's starting. I mean, you're, he's going to get back on track. Um, but if he is as good as projected and he sticks around, there's a chance this deal is like, I think it's up to like 300 and something million. I mean, this is this could be a mega contract for a guy who's signing pre-arbitration. It's the, it's the biggest so far, just the standard value, and it could be even more. So the contract is huge. I Yes, 4C, it seems crazy to rank J-Rod at 4 um, just because of how amazing he was last year and just the amount of well round. I mean, he's a five tool player, right? You don't you don't see many five tool players. It's true. It's it's hard to imagine. I think people weren't super high on his defense, but he's improved his defense a lot. His speed is amazing. He's got tons of power. I mean, he he's he's a great hitter and fielder and everything. But I think you look at him and it's it, it's a big deal. It is it is hard to fully conceptualize this contract, and I think it's it is a bit of a risk. But you're not worried about it if you're Seattle. You love this deal, of course. Yeah, and and look, you compare it to the the top two on this list, and I'm going to jump over three and circle back to it just because it's comparing similar players. Yeah. Corbin Carroll and Wander Franco are just on better value contracts. It's not that they're better yeah. players, although 
you never know who both of these guys, they might end up being. Uh, that's how talented all these guys are. But again, the contracts that they were signed to Corbin Carroll at number two, eight years, 111 million. And the more he plays, the more you could say, maybe it's better than Wander. But at the same time, Wander Franco, it's an 11 year deal, 182 million. And oh yeah, he's been like leading baseball in F4 for a lot of the season. I mean, so, if I don't know if you saw this, but right now Corbin Carroll and Wander Franco are one and two in F4. So this, I mean, this, this list was so hard to rank these top four, especially because we're, we're going to get to three in a second. But when you look at those three positional players with Julio and Corbin and Franco, I mean, they're, they're all incredible. That that's not, you can't question that. And it's really just about looking at the value. And for me, where I decided to give Wander the edge over Corbin and J-Rod was the fact that he's getting, it's cheaper than J-Rod, but he's getting that 11 years, 11 years is a lot. I mean, they're buying out three more years of his free agency than the Diamondbacks are getting with Corbin. And, and the way Corbin also, yeah. I just have to add into that with Wander. And like you talked about, for the franchise to have that player lots of that number in yeah. that place for that long <clears throat> is huge. It's huge for them. Yeah, yeah, that's completely right. And I mean, the more you watch Corbin, the more the Diamondbacks are probably like, damn, we should have added a few more years onto this contract yeah. after seeing what he's doing this season, because he's, I mean, he's unbelievable right now. And I think last year people would have saw the wonder deal after, you know, last year he was hurt a lot and he didn't look great last year at times. So I think last year people would have seen the wonder contract and been like, huh, this might've been a little bit of an overpay considering it was a pre-arb deal, whatever. And no, it wasn't an overpay. It was frankly an underpay for, for all these, for, I mean, for both Corbin and Wander um, when you think about it, because I mean, they're, they're the two best players in baseball by F4 right now. And they're, I mean, they're going to both be, they're, they're perennial superstars. They're, there's really no question. And they're incredibly young too. I mean, these guys are going to be, they're just going to be they're still going to be in their prime when these contracts end. That's what's crazy about it. I mean, they're they're that talented at such a young age that they are still going to be in the prime of their career when these contracts are ending. So it's just that you can't get better than than these two deals. It, this, this is the reason why pre-arb is becoming popular. These two players right here, like point blank, are the reason why these contracts work. And they, they backfire sometimes, like we're talking about with Jimenez. But this, the, I mean, these two players are truly the exact reason why you extend guys early you have faith in your guys that you've developed they, they both came up in these systems they were grown they're homegrown talents they're incredible and the team said you know what we trust you we believe in you we're going to give you a deal and make you the face of our franchise and it couldn't be working better for these two these two teams and players i think and when we look at these pre-r deals i feel like it's becoming this trend but it can get out of hand with the Jimenez's. It can get out of hand. Even again, we think Michael Harris is a good value deal, but I think there's a difference in the type of prospects that Carroll yeah, and Wander exactly. were than these other guys. And you're, you're taking more of a gamble when you have a guy that yep. hops and has a good season. You give him a deal compared to a guy that was always supposed to be that in your first taste, you see it. Uh, and and I, I think that, you know, th there's teams that are going to get burned trying to replicate this model when they have their best prospect who wasn't necessarily a best prospect in baseball, again, not to, to harp on Jimenez, but it's like, yeah, they wanted to sign. They wanted to sign one of these deals because they're a small market. So they said, who's our best young player. It's Andres Jimenez. And so they give him the deal, but they don't really kind of look at the full scope of it. But then you have, you know, from, from a Mets perspective on my end, like I'm looking at, at this team right now and saying, give Francisco Alvarez the contract right now. Give him the deal yeah. because he was always a, a top 100 prospect. He's showed up and he's, you know, leading baseball as among catchers and home runs. 
just jump on it. But don't give Brett Beatty the deal right now. Wait a little bit, get a little more time because he's a guy that had some issues, became a top 100 prospect of one good, one great minor league season. And now, you know, the, the early sample size isn't great. So it, it's just knowing your own players, which is the most yeah. important thing in these. No, games. exactly. And that's what gets you to the last contract that we have yet to discuss. Number three, but the number one pitching contract, Spencer Strider, 75 million, six years. The guy at this point right there, as far as being the, one of the nastiest pitchers in baseball, especially with DeGrom out and that's value that um, yeah. you can't and beat it. Not just one of the nastiest, but like, I, is there a better pitcher in baseball this season than Spencer Strider? I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know he has days where he struggles and I think he might not ever be the guy who's consistently every single start perfect. He, he seems like the guy who might have a tendency to get hit hard once every while, once in a while, have a really bad game here and there. It's It's been kind of his style the last two years. I, I was really tempted to put him one on this list just because an average of $15 million a year for Spencer Strider. Um, I mean, this is an ace, right? This is not like, and you're, and look at the scope of starting pitching right now. I mean, the Mets just signed Justin Verlander, who's a million years old for over $40 million a year. And you're getting Spencer Strider for 75 million over six years. It's really an insane contract. The only thing that makes him not be above a Corbin and a Wander for me is the risk of pitching and just the injury risk there because he throws incredibly hard. He's a, he's a tough pitcher. He's great, but pitching is always more risky. It's just how it is, especially with extensions. That's why you're not going to see, you know, the 10 year extension, even for a guy like Strider, you're going to see more of that six the five, six range for pitchers usually because of the risk that just comes with pitching. But this value is as good as it gets. If, if you if you tell me Spencer Strider is guaranteed healthy the next six seasons, this is number one on the list. I, I don't care. I, I mean, I, Corbin's great. Wander's great. This value is insane for a guy who's a top pitcher in all of baseball at his age and at his point in his career. And that's why the Braves are, are the masterclass of, of baseball contracts right now. I mean, they've done this multiple times. And they between trades and contract extensions, they're killing it right now. Um, and I know that's that's hard for you, but it's it's the reality of, of the league right now. I mean, they they're Alex Anthopoulos is is doing a great job building that team, and they are just, I mean, they they're doing it the right way, and they've they've grown this talent. Strider wasn't, I mean, Strider wasn't even you know a top top prospect, and he's now the ace of their pitching staff. He's going to be the ace of their pitching staff for a long time, and this deal is is perfect for them and for him. If we were to expand it out to, to just all contracts or even pre-arc contracts further back, you could have included Ozzy Albies on this list because of how ridiculously cheap that deal is. Of course, Acuna, yep. the fact that they got Olsen and Murphy on decent numbers. So, yeah, the Braves are doing it. And, you know, to compare the Hunter Green deal and the Strider deal and the fact that over six years, talking about, you know, over average annual value, you know, what is it? I mean, less than five million more, four million ish more a year. Four million for Strider. more, exactly. Yeah, and for Spencer Strider, right? Strider compared uh, yeah. to Hunter Green, where Hunter Green were thinking, okay, if everything breaks right over the next six years, maybe one day he'll have a season as good as the one that Strider already had and is in the rookie. midst of. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's crazy. It's Strider. This this contract is nuts, really. I mean, all again, all of these top deals are great. We, I, I love every every deal from nine down i think is is great value and is long term going to be a big a positive move for all of these teams but spencer strider i mean it's just 
it's crazy watching him pitch the way he is right now. And yes, there's injury risk. That's pitching. That's how it goes. But the Braves knocked this one out of the park for sure. They did. Hate to say it, but they did. Uh, yeah. The Mets, the Mets knocked him up for uh, for a bunch of runs the other day, and he still yeah. uh, the, the Braves still won because they had so much down over there. Uh, that's going to be all for this edition of Who's Better Baseball. Uh, make sure in the description you check out this full article. It's an awesome read from Elijah. And check out all the other good written content we got coming your way at JustBaseball.com. Mm-hmm.